want to share a couple verses of Scripture with you uh, today that are found in Matthew chapter number 27. And you can watch it on the screen if maybe you got an app on your phone and you can read it on your phone. But here's what the Bible says, okay? It tells us this. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 62. The next day on the Sabbath, this was after Christ was crucified, one day later, the leading priests and Pharisees came to see Pilate. They told him, they said, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was alive. And after three days, I will rise from the dead. And so we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everybody he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at the first. And Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. And so they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. I want to talk to you today about resurrection power. Resurrection power. Uh, whenever I was about 14 years old, I was 13, 14 years old, and uh, I had a buddy by the name of uh, Nathan. There's some of you that would know Nathan. And uh, he was 16. He was older than I was. He had a car. He had a driver's license, okay? And so we went to the same church together. And so we would often go cruise around Missouri Boulevard. That's what teenagers did. And wherever town you're from, you would cruise, whatever. We would go drive around. And so my buddy, what he would do was uh, he, for, for some reason, had his entire back seat filled with cans of soda pop, okay? Because he wanted to give the illusion that we're headed to a big party somewhere, okay? <laughs> so if we stop somewhere and talk to some people, some girls or whatever, and they walk up to our car, and we're chit-chatting with them. They're going to look at our back seat and see nothing but cans. And they're going to assume, you know, that we've got a lot of beer. And uh, not only was his back seat full of cans of soda, his trunk was full of cans of soda pop. And I'll tell you right now that if you're a couple teenagers and you're driving around, you will eventually get pulled over by the police, all right? And so when we would get pulled over, and on several occasions we got pulled over by the police, and as soon as we got pulled over, the cop would come to the car, he'd be talking to my buddy, he'd look in the back seat, <laughs> he would see all these cans, and he would just know, he'd shine his light back there, and he'd make him open the door, and, the, and the, he'd make him show him all the cans. And it's like orange, <laughs> grape, root beer, you know. Cop would get a little frustrated. It's like, I know you guys are, I know you guys have got some contraband in this car. Get out of the vehicle. Make us get out of the vehicle. Now open the trunk. <laughs> open the trunk, shine the light, guess what, more cans in the trunk. You would start looking at the cans, grape, orange, root beer, cola, not the, not the expensive stuff, 
the chief stuff. IGA, you know, save a lot. That cop would shut the trunk. We'd get back in the car. He'd be shaking his head when he walked. I was like, the crazy things that teenage boys do for fun, you know. It was a hoax. It was a hoax that we were trying to perpetrate, all right? There's a lot of people, and, and I can't believe I'm starting an Easter message today with that story, but, but uh, there's a lot of people that the devil wants us to believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is just a hoax. It never actually happened. That it was just a grand illusion. Did I turn, ever turn this thing on? Yeah, I'm on. Okay. It was just a great illusion, all right? And uh, as long as the devil can get us to believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is just a hoax, it's a myth, it's a fairy tale, no one is ever going to be, be saved. No one is ever going to come to know Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior. But let me tell you today that Jesus Christ, that his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrect, resurrection, all of these things were prophesied even in the Old Testament. And Jesus Christ freely gave his life upon the cross. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the perfect lamb. He was the spotless, sinless sacrifice. And no one took Jesus' life. He gave it for you, and he gave his life for me. Now, all through history, the devil has tried to twist and to turn the truth and to make it seem that it is only a myth, that is, it is only a hoax. And even in Jesus' day, the religious leaders were jealous of Jesus. And they tried to do everything to twist, and even to, to put him on the cross, that they twisted and they turned the truth. And they lied about Jesus, casting doubt on his deity, casting doubt on his love, casting doubt on the reality of his life. And the devil is still trying to do these things today. This morning, I, I want to let you know this, that the resurrection changes everything. If God, you, you got to get this this morning, that if God could not raise his own son from the dead, you and I have got no hope of eternal life, all right? If Jesus did not rise on the third day, we might as well just start a garden club, okay? If Jesus didn't, didn't rise on the third day, we might as well just get together and, and, and have, a, have a church, have a, have a softball team. But Jesus Christ has risen from the grave, and it's the reason that people come together. While we were singing just a few moments ago, I could feel the Spirit of God in this place. I could feel the reality of resurrection power. Because Jesus Christ has done something great in my life, and there are those of you I know that Christ has done something amazing in your life, and you experience that same kind of power in your own life. Resurrection power changes everything. You see, the, the Bible tells us that on Friday at 9 a.m., the crucifixion of Jesus Christ be, began. And he was abused and interrogated the previous night. He was beaten. He was subjected to unimaginable cruelty. He was sentenced to die upon the cross. He was forced to carry 
his own cross until finally someone else had to be enlisted to help him to carry the cross. He was nailed to that cross by his hands and feet. And as he hung upon the cross, he would have to push himself up against the weight of his own body to even take a single breath. I want you to imagine the sorrow of his followers. I want you to imagine his mother as she saw him hang upon the cross and people that loved him and people that he had changed and affected their lives. I want you to, to imagine the horror that they experienced. And the Bible says this, at noon the sky became black. And on the cross, Jesus experienced uh, uh, so much agony and so much distress on that cross. And finally, he took as he took on the sins of all of mankind. After six hours of torment on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished, and he, the Bible says this, that he died. And the earth began to convulse, and rocks split apart, and the mountains began to shake. And even the Roman soldiers that stood by said this, truly this was the Son of God. They, they realized that Jesus was the Savior of the world. But everyone was completely hopeless on that Friday. You see, because it seemed like the end had come. There are those of you that are, that are with us today, and your life seems like the end has come. It doesn't seem like there's any hope for tomorrow. There are those of you that are experiencing distress and sorrow and problems in your life, and you're experiencing this Friday night hopelessness. Well, let me tell you today that Jesus lives that Jesus Christ is real and we can call upon him and that we can find that he is there and that he never leaves us. After the death of Jesus, there was a rich man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. He went to Pilate and he asked Pilate, he said, would you give me permission to bury Jesus? Because it would be unlawful for the body of Christ or anyone else to hang upon the cross overnight. And so Pilate agreed to allow Joseph to bury the body of Christ. And although Joseph was a wealthy man, he personally took the task of wrapping the body of Jesus Christ in clean white linen. He personally prepared Christ's body. And no doubt, as he wrapped the body of Jesus, that, though that linen was stained by Joseph's tears as he thought that Jesus was his friend and he thought about the great miracles that he had done but because he saw the hopelessness of that Friday night he didn't realize that Jesus Christ was getting ready to raise up from the dead praise God for the thankfulness and for the faithfulness of Joseph of Arimathea. But there's a lot of people that were stuck in this Friday night hopelessness because their Savior was dead. And they said there's no hope. The Bible And these are the verses that I read to you. Early the next morning on Saturday, the religious leaders and Pharisees came to Pilate. They told Pilate, they said, listen. They said, Jesus boasted of rising from the dead on the third day. They told Pilate, they said, if Jesus rises from the grave, then we'll be worse off than we were in the beginning. And so they, they persuaded Pilate to allow them to seal the tomb and to place guards at the entrance of the tomb. So Jesus couldn't escape. You see, the devil thought that he had Jesus set. 
The devil thought that Jesus was dead. There was no appearance of a resurrection. There was no appearance of, of hope. There was no appearance of blessing to come. There was only sorrow because there was Friday night hopelessness all around. But the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Early on Saturday, Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Verse 5. And then the angel spoke to the, to the women and he said, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. And just as he said would happen, come see where his body was like. Praise God. Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. Praise God for that first resurrection morning. And because Jesus rose, you and I, I, I have the possibility and we have the hope of eternal life. And so today I want to encourage you to put your hope in Jesus Christ. Today I want to, I want to encourage you to look to Christ as your Savior not the forms and the methods of men, not political systems, but to look to Jesus Christ and to make him the author and the finisher of your faith because Jesus Christ is alive. The power of the resurrection changes everything. The power of the resurrection can change everything in your life if you will put your hope in Jesus Christ and put your faith in Jesus Christ. It changed Mary Magdalene's morning into laughter. It changed Joseph's of Arimathea's sorrow into a new purpose and new direction for his life. It changed the life of the disciples who just a couple days earlier, they were denying Jesus. Peter was denying Jesus. But after resurrection power and after Jesus was raised from the grave, their fear was changed into purpose and into power and into action. So Jesus Christ is alive. My challenge to you is this. Let resurrection power change your life. Let the saving grace of Jesus Christ change your life. Put your faith in him. You see, I've never believed upon him before. But the Bible tells me this, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter your background because Christ gave his life for all of us today. Amen. And resurrection power changes everything. Here's the problem, all right? The devil would have us to believe a lie. The devil would have you to believe that you're not good enough. The devil would have you to believe that it's impossible. You could never be forgiven. You, would, you could never be saved. You know what I call those? Friday night lies. Friday night lies say that Jesus never rose from the grave. Friday night lives say this, that the resurrection was just a hoax because Satan designs lies to detain the truth. The devil can't destroy the truth. The devil can't destroy the reality of the resurrection. So what he does is he designs a lie to detain the truth. The devil has designed lies to keep you bound in your sin. Religious leaders had heard that Jesus had risen from the grave. They said, let's bribe the Roman guards so they'll tell a lie. Let's 
bribe the Roman guards that were, that were there and they saw the angel appear and let's bribe them and tell them that they fell asleep and then the disciples came and they stole the body of Jesus. Here's the deal. The devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies and he specializes in twisting and turning the truth. He can't destroy the reality of the power of the resurrection. So what he does is he lies about it to keep us in bondage. I think about America right now. Um, it's Friday night in America, all right? And Satan is telling all kinds of Friday night lies. He's, he's specializing in Friday night hopelessness in an attempt to keep Jesus Christ in the grave, in an attempt to persuade us that, you are, that we're lost and there's no hope and there's no future for us. It's a Friday night lie. Don't let the devil use his greatest weapon against you, which is a lie, which is a falsehood, because he knows he can't destroy the devil. Let me talk to you just for a moment about some Friday night lies. The devil will, will design a lie to detain the truth. He can't destroy the, lie, the truth, so what he does is he designs a lie to detain the truth, to keep the truth from you, all right? And so here's some lies that the devil tells. He says this, the devil tells these lies to unbelievers. And, and you might be here this morning, and maybe you're an agnostic. You say, Pastor Bob, I just don't really believe in God. I don't, I don't see any evidence of God. Uh, and and I've, I've, I've never been raised to, to know God before. And so I just, I, I just don't know. There, there might be someone here that's an atheist. And you say, I just I completely disbelieve God. That, that's, a, that's a lie of the devil. He's trying to keep you trapped in that lie. The devil tells lies to unbelievers, lies like these. He says this, Jesus was just another man. He was just a teacher. He was, just a, he was maybe a prophet. But there was no divine conception. There was no virgin birth. He was married. He had children. He didn't live a sinless life. Christianity is just a hoax. You don't need God. You can just be a good person. You, just, you can be a, a good humanitarian Church is just a bunch of weird people, okay? Thank you for being here today and realizing the church is not just a bunch of weirdos, okay? But, but praise God, those are all Friday night lies, okay? Friday night lies to deny resurrection power. Friday night lies to keep us in bondage. And he tells them to unbelievers. The devil tells, uh, there are people today that are, that are searching for spiritual understanding. You know that? Uh, America Day is, is looking for spiritual understanding because I can get my remote on my television and I can, turn, I can turn my television set on, I can get my direct TV remote and I can start channel surfing and somewhere I can find someone that's trying to connect with the dead. You know what I'm saying? I can find someone that's trying to find a ghost, okay? You know why? Because they're looking for something of spiritual significance. They're looking for something beyond this life, okay? And so there are, there are lies that the devil tells to people that are seeking spiritual understanding. The devil will tell you this. You can, you can design your own religion. The devil will tell you this. This is the biggest lie of all, okay? You ready for it? Biggest lie of all time. 
It's not important what you believe in just as long as you believe in something. You guys ever heard that lie before? That's the biggest lie of all. It, it doesn't just believe in something. Just put your faith in something. There are people that put their faith in cults and they wind up committing suicide. All right? But this morning, there are all kinds of lies, even for people that are seeking a spiritual understanding. But all of them are lies to keep you from believing in the resurrection and the saving power of Jesus Christ. My challenge to you this morning is this. Praise God. Jesus Christ lives. Put your faith, put your hope in Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of Friday lies, Friday night lies. The devil directs Friday night lives at people that are hurting, that are wounded, that are broken. The devil will tell you this, you're too bad for God to save you. The devil will tell you God can't forgive you. You're damaged goods. You're always a victim. And you will be a victim in the future. You're, you were once an addict. You'll always be an addict. The devil directs lies at people that are wounded and hurting and broken. The devil will tell you this. You're destined for abuse. You deserve the abuse that you got. So you might as well cut yourself, hurt yourself, abuse yourself. The devil, here's what the devil tells uh, wounded people. He, he says this, divorce is in your future. The devil will tell you this, broken relationships are in your future. Every person, every man that you meet is just going to abuse you because that's what you've experienced in the past. All lies to beat us, all lies to beat people down, to beat me down, to beat you down. But we got to reject the myth. We got to reject the hope, hoax and put our faith in Jesus Christ. Let, let, me, let me go just a little further. There, there are lies that the devil tells believers. Can you imagine that? The devil lies to Christians, to believers. All right. The devil will tell you this. He'll say, hey, listen, you don't need to go to church. You can, you can worship God. You can sit at home. You can sip a cup of coffee. You can watch the sun rise up, and you can get just as close to God doing that. You don't need to come together for corporate worship. You don't need to be encouraged with other believers. The devil tells all kinds of lies, even to believers. He'll say this, you don't need the fellowship of other Christians. You can get all the religion you need watching the sun come up. Good works can save you. You can buy your salvation. After you die, your family can, can pray you out of hell. Or we can, we can go to a priest and we can give the priest enough money and he can buy our loved one out of hell. Those are lies that the devil tells even to people that believe today. There are other lies, real quickly. Lies that there's only one true church. Lies that there's only one message and, and, and lies say this, we're the only church that's got it. We're the only church that's preaching the truth. If you go to a church, get this, I don't know if you'll ever come back to Life Rock Church again. But if you go to a church and they tell you this, we're the only true church, we're the only ones that's preaching this certain message, run out of that place as fast as you possibly can. Because they're trying to control your mind. They're trying to control your thoughts today. Thank God for, for 
millions of Christian believers that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And the plan of salvation is simple. It's accepting Jesus. It's believing upon his sacrifice, confessing our sins and making him our Savior. It's that simple today. And there are people today, the devil will, will lie to good people, to believers, and tell them that you got to do this and you got to do that. All kinds of lies. There's lies of churches fighting against churches. There's lies of ministries fighting against ministries. Making a doctrine over preferences. Making a doc doctrine over styles of music. Making, making a, a doctrine over interpretations of scripture. Gossip in the church. Clicks in the church. All Friday night lies to keep us in bondage and to make the church and the message ineffective. I'm getting ready to close. Last point, Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ has come to silence all Friday night lies. He's come to bring an end to the hopelessness of Friday night lies. And we put our, we put our hope, we put our trust in Jesus Christ. And he gives us peace and he gives us direction. And he helps us along the way. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. This is a prophecy about Jesus. It says this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be free. The res resurrected Jesus Christ lives today. He's alive. You say, what's the evidence? The evidence is this, change lives. The evidence is people and families that were once broken and Christ has come and he's put them back together. It's people that were once wounded. They carried the scars with them from the, the past, but Christ came in and began to do a mighty work. It's the difference. You say, how do you know? I can feel him in my spirit. I can feel the resurrected Christ. He, he's living in me, and I put my hope in him today. You say, Pastor Bob, you're saying you don't have any problems. Yeah, I got all kinds of problems, okay? Just ask my wife, okay? That guy's got problems. My hope is in Christ. In Christ alone. My hope is in him. How do I know that Jesus lives? Because I see the change that God has done in many of your lives. And there are other people that I've met through my own personal life. And I've seen how God took people that were bound, that were oppressed, that were broken, and Jesus Christ did a mighty work. I could look around this room right now and we could have people stand and give their personal testimony of what Christ has done in their life. It's the evidence of the resurrected Savior. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. He lives. He lives. He's alive today. And this morning as we close, I want to pray this. I want you to pray with this prayer with me today. I'd like for all of us to pray it if we, if we can together. It's just a very simple prayer of salvation. Those of you that are watching online, if you do not know Christ, your personal Savior, I want to challenge you 
to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life because Jesus died for all. He died for every one of us. And not only did he die for us, he rose for us. He lives for us and he's with us to help us and to give us strength and to help us through the storms of life. There are difficulties in life. There are tragedies in life. But he's there with us all along the way. And so I want to encourage you, pray this prayer with me today and accept Christ your Savior. Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. Today I accept you as my Savior. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sin. I believe that you were buried and my sin was buried with you. I believe, Jesus, that on the third day you rose from the grave. Today I confess my sin. Jesus, I come as an open book before you. Thank you for washing away all of my sin. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for being my Savior. And I declare today that you are the Lord of my life. Help me to grow. Help me to learn more about you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us today? This band's going to play and sing a song. And then we're going to have.